You're listening to a SignalsAZ.com podcast. Northern Arizona starts here. Today we have James Edelstein, who is the Deputy Chief of Police and is currently serving as the Interim Chief for the Prescott Valley Police Department. And today he is here to discuss the five-year plan. James, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Torrance. So today we are discussing the five-year plan that was recently released by the Prescott Valley uh, Police Department uh, covering their plan in terms of staffing and other things over the next five years. First, though, James, let's start out with uh, let's start out with some accomplishments in the past five years. What would you say is some of the big things uh, accomplished here at the department? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that we can celebrate is the people that we have working for us. Um, you know, I can't point at any one person because it's really a team effort. And we've brought a lot of really good people on board in the last five years, and there were a lot of good people that were already here, um, myself being one of them. But certainly the people that are out on the street every day behind these walls providing service to our community, they are the first thing that I think we need to acknowledge. What they have done um, over the last five years is uh, truly phenomenal. I think uh, you look at the numbers, and even though uh, Part 1 crime is down 9% since 2015, the population of this town has increased quite a bit uh, in that time period. When we look at those kinds of numbers, we always kind of want to determine exactly what we may have done or what might be happening um, in the larger community to, to cause that kind of a decrease in crime. Uh, you may have heard recently Prescott Valley was touted as the 11th safest community in Arizona. There's over 70 cities, so that's quite an accomplishment. Um, what we looked at, though, as far as what we think some of the causes are, are, are two things, really. We have done some things from an efficiency perspective um, and a hiring perspective that have allowed us to conduct some incredibly effective community outreach and enforcement. We've added community services officers, and they have done an incredible job coordinating about 18 different outreach events that happen on an annual basis, and those are quite large events, things like badges and bobbers that just happened recently down in Fame Park, all the way down to, and I don't mean down to in a negative fashion, but the, the repetitive kind of events that they coordinate with uh, our neighborhood watch, our block watch groups, which are incredibly important in the community. So when we do that kind of community outreach, we develop a closer relationship with the community. I think they're calling us more often when they really need our help, when they see suspicious things in the community, when they see something, they're saying something. And then the incredible people that we have put out on the streets in patrol, in investigations, and in all our field units, including animal control, are going out there doing a great job of enforcing the law uh, when we need to. So a lot of positive things over the last five years and a lot of what this five-year plan is covering is more uh, staffing as the population of Prescott Valley increases. As you know, Prescott Valley has now surpassed Prescott in population. So I'll ask you, James, why does the Prescott Valley Police Department need more officers if there's already a ton of success happening? So I, I think the success is a result of the fact, in part, that over the last three years we've increased by... I believe 12, uh, 11 or 12 sworn positions. We are going to get another two sworn positions in July of 19. So we are going to continue to add personnel. There's a couple of things that you look at when you try to figure out how many people you need to do the work uh, that needs to be done. You know, and, and one of the things is, is volume. So you know, if you look at our five-year report, you might look at, for example, calls for service. 
and see a 6% decrease. And, and you might go, why do you need more cops, Deputy Chief, if, if calls for service are down? Well, I got to tell you that calls for service overall are down because in the last five years, we've changed our response protocol to false alarms. We, we don't go to false alarms anymore. We go to what are called verified alarms, and that means that somebody's actually on site or there's video or audio at that location that tells us that there's something going on. And then we go um, animal control. We've stopped uh, the response protocol that we used to have where sworn officers were pulled away from other activities to go to barking dogs, and instead people are channeled to a bark line where our animal control officers work with them one-on-one -on -one to try to solve the problem. Um, and 911 hangs-ups would be another example. You know, in, in the past, we went to every 911 hang-up that came in, regardless where it came from, what the circumstances were, and we've adjusted those protocols. So you're seeing a decrease in the overall calls for service as a result of those things. But when you look at the, the adjustment that's been made in those calls, 2013 we had 22,000 calls for service, 2017 we had 21,000. It's probably going to go down even a little bit more because each year before we made those changes, for example, in false alarms, we were going to over 1,300 calls a year that we really didn't need to go to. So suggested staffing model here on the five-year plan, which you can check out on signalsaz.com. Uh, by 2023, uh, sworn officers hoping to have 96, non-sworn 32 for a population growth up to 53,000. That would put 1.8 sworn personnel, uh, four per thousand people here. How important is it to get to that number of 1.8, especially with these changes in protocol? I think it's extremely important. You know, when our personnel have the time to do a, a balanced approach to policing that involves both outreach and enforcement, that's when our community, I think, is most likely to engage with us at the level that they currently are that's resulting in this kind of uh, safe community that we have. So uh, if we don't have enough officers on the street, what ends up happening is all they do all day long is enforcement activity. They don't get the chance to stop by the schools and have lunches with the kids like they do now. They don't have the opportunity to stop in at our coffee with a cop and just chat with, chat with our community. When our community knows our people not just you know based on the badge number that they got on the back of a business card when they had to file a burglary report, but because they saw them at the local coffee shop. Uh, the trust level between the community and the police increases to the point where we have this kind of community that we have now. Uh, would you consider the 1.8 uh, per thousand and the 96 sworn and then 32 non-sworn by 2023, would you consider that a pretty good level for 53,000 or do you still think that's a bit under to where it needs to be? No, I think that that is exactly where we will need to be at that point. And then if you can explain this a little bit more. When a new officer is hired, they don't just go right onto the street, right? There's a, there's a training period as well, right? Right. So to get an officer from the point where we start their hiring process all the way through to getting them through to an academy and out on the street and in a solo capacity serving the community without somebody riding in the passenger seat training them is almost 12 months. Once we hire them, just the training alone is nine months. So, you know, we're trying to bring in and we are bringing in the highest quality of recruit to Prescott Valley so that they're serving our communities. And yeah, that lag of, of nine to 12 months is extremely important to be aware of because if we get behind a year or two, it's really 
three years that we're behind at that point because it takes a year just to catch up. And so uh, what are we looking at in terms of population and police growth? Is it always hand in hand uh, as, you know, maybe 55,000 in 2024 and then up to 60,000? Does it always kind of go hand in hand with officers and population growth? It should. It has not always. Um, You know, having worked here since 98, I went through the recession and I saw our officers go into the recession in 2008. We were at almost 72 sworn and then we dropped during the recession because of uh, attrition. We didn't let anyone go. We just had a hiring freeze, but we dropped to 53 sworn personnel. And I watched our people working very, very hard just to respond to calls for service and they did not have the time that they needed to do the proactive kind of things that cops do when they have time on their hands. We have officers in this department that spend quite a bit of time in in our community looking for the people that really need our attention to get them off the street to keep our community safe but also to get those people some help. So getting back to that 1.8 uh, level per 1,000 residents uh, in terms of staffing. Uh, we've covered that, but uh, it's not just staffing, but it's also the use of technology. Can you kind of explain a little bit about that over the next five years, some of the technological things the police department is doing to be more efficient? Absolutely. If you look back a decade or so and, and looked at a patrol car, you would see a radio and a car. Today, if you look in a a patrol car, you see a radio, you see a mobile data terminal, you see a keyboard, and essentially what our officers have is a mobile office that they can drive around and do most of their work on the street. Um, They can run a lot of information and and get uh, intelligence and information at their fingertips, fingertips, excuse me, a a lot more easily than they had been able to in the past. And so that addition of that, that mobile office makes them more efficient it makes them safer because that they have that access to information that they didn't have so readily before, and it's going to help to make our community safer. Right now, this, uh, the department staffs over 50 volunteers uh, that performs work throughout the units in the department. Uh, their hours are actually uh, the equivalent of six full-time employees. So how does somebody become a volunteer of the Prescott Valley Police Department? There's a couple ways to get in the door. You can go online and submit an application at pvaz.net, or you can go to Human Resources, complete an application there. Uh, From there, the application is going to go through a background process. We're going to do some vetting to make sure that uh, the individual who's applying meets the minimum standards uh, of our volunteer unit. And then from there, they're going to go through a training process, and then they're going to be able to essentially pick what area of the police department they want to work in where our volunteers staff a lot of different responsibilities. For example, we have volunteers in our records division. We have four clerks and a supervisor in that division, and they do incredible work every day, but they need some help now and then. And so there's a lot of volunteers that are in there doing things like uh, data entry. We have volunteers in patrol that are out doing checks in the community to make sure that people who are on vacation are more comfortable, that their homes are secure while they're gone. Uh, we have volunteers in our SWAT team. So really there's a lot of different opportunities in the police department for volunteers to serve. And then you have the Citizens Academy as well for people to learn more about the police department, right? Right. So once a year we run an 11-week academy. They meet on Tuesdays for three hours. And then after 11 weeks you graduate with a, a diploma. And during that time it's our goal to really 
show our citizens how we do what we do, and even more importantly, some of the people that make that happen. And it's not just for the adults as well. You have a teen uh, youth academy, correct? Right. So just this last year, thanks to our community services officers and and that great unit, we put together a youth academy. And so twice a year, we run some some of our local high school youth through a program that I believe it's a four or five day program. But in the end, it's about 40 hours. As population continues to grow, obviously a crime rate will increase, or is that not always the case? Actually, so crime volume and crime rate are two different things. So we're going to have more crime as our, our, our population increases, most likely. You know, as, as more people come in, there's more opportunity for criminals to commit crimes against people. Our, our most common crime is property crime. So if there are more cars in driveways and more houses on the streets, there's more opportunity for, for thieves to take stuff from people. So, yeah, the volume of crime is going to increase. But what we've seen, contrary to what I just said, is that as our population has increased, our crime rate in Prescott Valley has decreased, which is, which is unusual. So, so even though we are increasing in overall population volume, the overall amount of crime that we're actually experiencing per person is lower. Drugs are not only a problem here in Prescott Valley, but in Yavapai County and really the entire country as a whole. Over the next five years, what does the Prescott Valley Police Department plan to do to help tackle that problem? So first of all, we're going to maintain our commitment to the Partners Against Narcotics Trafficking Task Force. Uh, the task force is composed of officers and supervisors from several agencies across Yavapai County, and together they proactively target dealers of illicit drugs in Yavapai County. Uh, as a department here locally, we are committed to a canine program that includes four canine handlers and dogs. And I can tell you that that group of four officers their dogs, and a lot of our other officers on the street who are very much focused on taking drug dealers out of the community, that they are going to have a huge effect, and they are already doing so today. And also, when you know, when you look at um, narcotics enforcement, you can't just look at the enforcement part of it because addiction can't be a problem that we arrest our way out of. So treatment is an important aspect of solving the narcotics problem, and so is uh, prevention. And so we are seeing some challenges in that I think some funds are being shifted more towards that prevention end of things. And from my perspective, I think that's a good thing. Many studies that you might look at will show you that prevention dollars are more effective than enforcement. Regardless of whether they're effective or not, that still challenges us from a budgetary perspective. So in addition to that, the town made a recent additional commitment to the task force because we funded half of the salary and benefits for our sergeant that is in the task force. Obviously, with increased population comes increased cars on the roadway, especially on 69. I'm sure if you've been on 69 around the 5 o'clock hour, you've seen some of that population growth firsthand. But what is the police department planning to do over the next five years to kind of handle that increased uh, traffic? First and foremost, we'll put more people in traffic. You know, if you look at the statistics from 13 to 17, there was a 5% increase in overall traffic accidents, a 22% increase in injury accidents, and that is definitely concerning. You know, the, the volume of traffic is definitely continuing to increase, and so what we would be looking to do is to target the kinds of 
driving offenses that are behind these these accident collision causes and i can tell you that speeding is is one of the primary things that we'll target we'll be looking at uh, red light enforcement and distracted driving as well all right so i'm going to ask a question here regarding traffic the state passed a law uh, that's going to be begin issuing citations in 2021 when individuals are caught with a handheld device in their in their hand while driving but Prescott Valley passed a law earlier this year that is already in the stage of issuing citations. Does Prescott Valley still follow their previous law, or have they adapted the new law already? We still follow the ordinance that was passed by council recently. And so in Prescott Valley, if you are using a device while driving, you have to use it in hands-free mode. The only exception is, is if there's an emergency or some legitimate reason that you need to make a phone call. Obviously, there's some exceptions built into the law. And then in addition to that, you can touch the phone once to initiate the call and once to close it down. Other than that, um, you cannot be using a mobile device while you're driving unless, again, it's in that hands-free mode. So just to be clear, state passed a law. Citations won't be issued until 2021, but that is not the case here in Prescott Valley. You will be issued a citation if I heard that correctly. Correct. So then one final question here. Thanks for joining us again on the SignalsAC.com podcast. We're speaking with Deputy Chief of the Prescott Valley Police Department, James Endelstein. One final question for you here. What can the public do to help out um, as population continues to grow to help the police department kind of cover that extra population growth? So our public is, uh, I don't want to say unique in the state, but, but I think they are in a way unique because they are directly involved in helping to keep this community safe, and they're an active participant in that. Um, I feel very fortunate to be in this community and to be leading an organization where our population shows routinely when we're going out there doing community outreach that they support the police department, they want to be part of the solution. So to put it simply, you can do things every day to prevent crime yourself as a, as a member of our community. Number one, if you see something, say something. If you see something that looks dangerous right now, call 911. If it looks suspicious and you don't need us to be there right away, then call the non-emergency line, which is 772-9267, uh, area code 928, of course. Um, the other things that we can do in our homes, we can trim the bushes back from the windows. We can leave our porch lights on at night. We can lock our doors, roll up our windows. Anything we can do to make the thieves that are out there look at our houses, our cars, and say, well, that looks secure. I'm going to go on to the next house. Um, our business community, uh, you know, put up some cameras. Do some things so that those people that we can urge to go to another community to commit their crime might do that. We have an incredible service here in Prescott Valley that, that is uh, rare, I will say, in the state in that we have two uh, community services officers assigned specifically to victim services. So each year for the past several years, they've talked to about 1,600 victims of crime in Prescott Valley. And what they do on the back end of these people being victimized is they make sure they have access to all the services they need, and they talk to them about how those individuals can be an active part in preventing those kinds of crimes in the future, whether it's committed against them or other people. Perfect. Thanks so much. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say? Anything you think we might have missed? Yeah, I, I would just like to reiterate that the people that serve us in this police department are an incredible group of people. Uh, some of them are going out on the street every day putting their lives on the line for us, 
many of them in, in non-sworn capacities are doing equally important work, and I just want to give them the credit that they deserve. And I'd also like to say thanks to our community, again, for being that active participant in making this the 11th safest community in Arizona. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Prescott Valley Police Department Deputy Chief of Police James Edelstein. You can read the entire five-year plan on our website, SignalsAZ.com. Remember to keep it locked on SignalsAZ.com for all your news, sports, events, and entertainment in northern Arizona.